Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. This is Kate Kalzik, and I'm joined, as ever, by Bogshark, Allison Shoemaker, and also joining the conversation is the return of Palmetto, LaToya Ferguson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Don't say that while my computer's frozen. I'm trying to unmute. Hold on. My mic's been weird. That was a hell of an entrance for LaToya. <laughs> and I can be improv forever. Kate Kalsik. Are you guys excited to talk about this episode? I'm so excited to talk about this episode. I'm excited to talk about this episode. Listeners, we are talking about Lucifer season five, I guess season five B, whatever. Episode 11, Daniel Espinosa, Naked and Afraid. And the reason I'm excited to talk about this episode is that in the immortal words of Lucille Bluth, I don't care for Job. I did not like this episode. Uh, <gasps> wow. At all. Um, and... I, I don't know if that that may change when I rewatch it, but I, I didn't I could not enjoy this episode for various reasons. But I know that I had a strong sense, Latoya, that you really liked it just from a couple tweets I saw. And I have a feeling everybody else loves it. And <laughs> so this is one of those that I am out of the step with the mainstream, I'm guessing. Also, Allison, Nicole said to tell you that she's with you. 5B is so far her favorite season of the show. So our listener, Nicole, on Team Sweet. Allison with that. Me but, and you, Nicole. Yes. So why don't y'all go talk about how much you love this episode? And then I will, you know, fuck your favorites with Kate Kalzik a little later. Yes. Oh, Apparently. I was going to work it in, but you did it all by yourself. I'm so <laughs> proud. Um, I mean, LaToya, I sort, of, I sort of want you to start because I really loved it. But I've been... Um, actively holding back from reading your review um and i just can't wait anymore i need to know what latoya ferguson thinks about daniel espinoza naked and afraid daniel espinoza naked and afraid is my favorite episode of 5b yeah look at now, kate's face i don't know, okay. I know kate hates it <laughs> yeah um this is such an impressive showcase for kevin alejandro um, you know, it's one part uh, Rodriguez or Tarantino movie, one part absolute farce uh, with a bunch of concussions. Uh, and it's it's Operation Payback Dan. I, I don't understand how you cannot appreciate Operation Payback Dan, which I, in my review, I do go into detail about um, how the whiteboard really did come into play in this episode. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Was it, it was either Marcus or Vince on Wednesday was talking about how your review helped them. Because ca- they mentioned, you know, spoiler free that like um, <laughs> lots of callbacks. A bunch of fun Easter eggs to our previous adventures. Yeah. And, and that your review, Latoya, had to help them find even more that they had. Oh, that's Marcus. Yeah. That they had missed. Um, so, yeah. OK. Allison, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I'll go. OK. Um I am a, this episode is a bunch of things that I'm an absolute sucker for. I love a, let's focus on a side character who we all love, but who is never the center of attention episode. Love those. Um, They're uh, what you, what in the Doctor Who universe we call Doctor Light episodes. So this is a companion heavy episode, um, which I think is perfect and amazing and overdue. Um, I like that it, acknowledges 
all of the Dan history. I mean, literally in the last episode, I was saying it's like the show forgot he was a bad cop. Um, but no, it didn't because they address it directly here. It's like, Daniel Espinosa, this is your life. Um, so uh, there's all of that. And I think that's really great. Uh, I love an episode that has, mm, let's call it bottle episode energy, where it's uh, sort of like a a bubble universe. It's its own standalone thing, but with big repercussions for everything that's happening in the season. Um, these tend to be a little bit more poetic, a little bit less literal, um, very thematically rich, not particularly plot heavy. And I think that that's, I mean, in one sense, this is nothing but plot, um, but it's, <laughs> but it's like a whole season of plot. <laughs> it's like a whole season of plot in one episode. Um, so I really love that. And then I love, how frankly fucked up it is because it's i don't think the show wants me to think that this is a totally okay thing for lucifer to do i think that lucifer is the devil and this is the devil getting revenge on dan the fact that it's also unexpectedly affirming for him and liberating for him and a way for him to navigate this life-changing world reshaping experience that he was thrust into with no choice um it just makes it all the sweeter it would have been entirely too much for me if it was really that lucifer wanted to help him work through all of his shit um, and to make him see that regardless as to how much control you feel you do or do not have, people with the best intent, you can do all of the right things or try to do all of the right things, and people are still going to end up dead, um, which Dan has been trying to be good Dan for a while, and people keep dying. So um, so I loved all of that. But mostly I just had a lot of fun. And when it got dark, it got so dark and the the sort of cognitive dissonance of the ending i found incredibly appealing although i can i under if it didn't work for some people i would completely understand um but i feel like lucifer has earned enough goodwill from me for me to be like yeah no this is just complicated and messy and that's okay okay i don't understand or think the show earned for a moment that this is actually affirming for dan and i don't understand why it would be and I think it felt very tacked at, on at the end where he's like, I think this is just what I needed. It's like, why? What about this is what you needed? There's nothing here that should be what you need. I don't think they earned that at all. And I, and if anything, I'm too connected to Dan and too worried about our sweet little cinnamon bun um, and where he's at to think that this would be anything positive for him. So I like the beginning of the episode. I, and at a certain point, you're like, okay, this is... Even for Lucifer, this is too much. There must be something else going on. Um, and the way it escalates and everything. Like, for me, it, it was not satisfying because I could not buy into the notion of this having any level of catharsis for Dan. To me, this just would push him further and further towards the edge and into the despair he's been feeling. And so to have to, to have them walk that back at the end because we don't because we want him to be okay didn't feel earned. Um, and I, this is meta information, so I shouldn't be letting this impact me, but I can't help it that every time I start an episode in season five B, there is a content warning for suicide. That's for the whole show though. That's for the whole show. That's, That's not, what it is. those things are the whole show when they show that. 
Then like the whole series. When is what are they talking about for that? Did I like if a character had like committed suicide, like literally like a, a case of the week and a character committed suicide, like that's it. Okay, because I don't remember ever seeing that before this season. No, that's all. That's been there. Okay, I think we've even talked about it before too. Okay, because I, I thought that was new, and I was very worried because I was like, who else could this possibly apply to? And so I've been very concerned for our Dan, for our Detective no, Espinosa. Sure season one, that will be there too. Yeah, it's okay. definitely been there in the Netflix seasons. That's weird, because like I like I think of the shows that would ha- that I've seen on Netflix before that have those, and it's like you know, thirteen reasons why and that kind of stuff. So I was like. I've been like girding my loins for things to get darker and darker and darker. And that's why this episode, I feel like, may play very, very differently for me after I see how everything turns out and then mm. go back and rewatch it. You know what I mean? But right now, I'm really still worried about Dan. It was nice to see his apartment. <laughs> so I feel like, and we may have seen it before and I just forgot, but it was nice to spend the time with him. I thought Kevin Alejandro was great. It was terrific. I, I liked the, you know, this sort of checking in like taking stock with the character and where we're at all these seasons later the stuff with chloe at the beginning was terrific the stuff with linda the you know, like who's in and who's not um with what's going on made complete sense um and i also keep uh keep enjoying like the way that they are playing the lucifer and dan banter right i, I think all of that is gauged really well i just don't I don't think they earned that this would be somehow something that he needed. Um, I I talk a little bit about it in my review. And I think the point for me that makes it work is that it's early in the episode when he's talking to Luis, you realize he's not just scared about going to hell anymore. He is hopeless. He has completely given up. He truly thinks whatever he does, does not matter. Here, it's just the, the idea that, you know, what he does still matters. And that's even what Lucifer says, basically, even though he's not trying to help him, I knew your oafish optimism would keep you going. Like Dan's doing completely wrong things in this episode, but you know what? He's doing it to help. He's, he believes he's doing it for a good cause until, you know, he, he doesn't, but he's trying to make things right. Where as opposed to, he got into a point, it seems where he didn't even care about trying to make things right. He needed at least kind of a distraction in a way, just so he could reassess how he perceives the world because it was, the darkness, um, it kind of crept on me. I think being blown up by God really fucked him up even more. Oh, yeah. Uh, to the point that, it's, yeah, it's not fear anymore. It's just he he saw n- no reason to do anything. He, like, he even asked, how could anything even matter anymore? He asked that mm-hmm. at, the top, at the top of the episode. For me, it's that there are a couple of things. First, it inadvertently proves to him that there are people and celestial beings who genuinely do care about him. Um, whereas I think Dan, I was, I was so worried about him because he seems so isolated, right? Like he's connected to Chloe, but there's a disconnect there too, because she's with Lucifer. And then uh, obviously there's Trixie, but Trixie loves Maze and it's all of it's very, and he again, killed a guy with a, a person who now knows to be a demon, like all of these things. It's so messy and so conditional and i you can understand why it is that he feels so isolated so i think one side effect is that he gets very visceral proof that there are people who care about him um both maze who wouldn't take a bullet for him in the chest and then gives him that sweet little smooch um also another great look from maze jesus christ uh and then 
Amenadiel, who is not an Uber. <laughs> I was He's say, not an Uber. I, I will give you Amenadiel, but I can't give you Maze because Maze was in on the fact that this was a scam the whole time. So Yeah, like, but Maze... That undercuts it significantly. I agree, but Maze also... She thinks it's funny that they killed a guy together. Like, this is, like, right up her alley. She's like, this is a fun prank that Dan will definitely laugh at it because that's what she thinks. <laughs> but <laughs> she's also, like... in her Maze way, making it clear that he matters to her. Like, she... He, to make this prank work she didn't need to say okay fine i'll do it but only because it's you right like she didn't need to say that for the prank to work she said that because she wanted to she didn't need to say you think i take a bullet for you well not in the chest she didn't need to say that for the prank to work she said those things because she wanted him to hear them um so I think, so Amenadiel is not Nuber, but Maze in her own way is doing this thing and I think while it is revenge on Dan, there is something also very uh, maniacally affectionate, I guess, about yes. Lucifer's piece in it. Um, it's revenge because they were bracelet bros and he shot him. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. a betrayal of the bracelet bro code. But beyond that, I think, Kate, you used the word catharsis, and I think that that is a really good word because for me, I was thinking about catharsis too, but in the like purely Greek sense where drama used to be to get people to expel all of the emotions that they thought were bottling them up. Right. Like that is the whole point of Greek tragedy is to get people to essentially keen and cry together to get it out of their systems. So here it's like, he finally just lets go, I guess. And then it's not a disaster. That doesn't mean that 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 it couldn't have been that, right? Like, I can see an episode where Dan would walk away from this completely broken. And it would be 100% Lucifer's fault. And that episode, and the episode could have ended that way and I would absolutely have bought it. But there's something about his profound relief and the affection of the people around him that, made it absolutely work for me so i think he like got it out of his system and having sort of shed all of this energy and vented it all into the atmosphere in this moment of unbelievable grief and torment and guilt that somehow it sort of freed him and then there's the intellectual sort of good placey piece of it too mm -hmm. but um but at this point i've been talking way too much so um so that is my that is my defense in this episode of Fuck your favorites with kate Kulzik of daniel espinosa <laughs> naked and afraid well, I'm just glad that it works so well for you guys. And I think for most people that I have, again, I've been avoiding Lucifer talk as much as I can. Um, but I, that's a sense I get that people are really excited about this episode. They really love this episode. I feel like I should also just confirm there is no suicide in the season of television. Just so you know, there is no suicide. Okay. That's good all. to know. That's good to know. I am also uh, glad to know that. Yeah. But yeah. It's literally just the run of the show. These things have happened. That's it's so annoying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Marcus says in the chat, I watched the movie on Netflix with that warning. So I kept waiting for that as a super dark ending and then it didn't happen. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the things that we all enjoyed. Uh, and I'm, and I'm going to keep things a little on the darker side first before we get to all the ridiculous comedy that is absolutely delightful. I really love the conversation that we get at the bar with like this insight into Dan and where he's at. And like, the fact that the sticking point is not even like 
there are Lucifer's the devil and there are celestials and I just met God and God just blew me up. The, the sticking point is, okay, so I processed and I'm holding on to my sanity with the fact that uh, all of this stuff exists and there is a heaven and there is a hell and all of these things. But, but God's a dick. I can't handle the fact that God's a dick. Um, uh, and I, I loved the, you know, that angle for it and that they, they took this opportunity to really explore that and dive in with that. Um, yeah, that was probably my favorite part of the whole episode was just that care. Like, obviously, Alejandro, we've been praising him all season, but he he nails that scene as well. But the fact that the writers... Like that's the tack they wanted to take with the character and, and that they gave, they found this outlet for that. I think was really important. Yeah, I agree. That was a great scene. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure I have anything to add. You nailed it. That was a really great scene. I basically, anytime that he's forced to explain how he's feeling about something, I think is really excellent. Um, that's true. Chelsea Rendon, who plays, I don't know the character's name, Camilla, um, the prisoner that's being transported, um, uh, was also on Vita and was really amazing on Vita. So I love her and I was so excited to see her turn up. But then I was frustrated. I was like, oh God, it's she's off Vita and she's immediately playing somebody who's in a gang. Mm-hmm. Th- that sucks that really sucks and then no they like bicycles because they're quieter and they're just oh oh <laughs> it made me so happy um I mean, her initial just speech to, to dan about finding finding god and you know uh how he has clearly has a coke addiction and that's what his problem is it's yeah just, it's so funny it's so fun especially now i can't wait to watch this one again because knowing how it ends now all of the weird things that happen in this episode are like plot choices that Lucifer makes. So her assuming that cocaine is God and then having this conversation with him is all part or they're hugging it out in their group therapy, all part of the script. It's just the improv guy showing up in the desert. <sighs> I, I, I don't remember you, but it's so funny. Um, the improv guys for their decision to, you know, dress tough. One of them's just wearing a Rasta hat. That's it. No other affectation. <laughs> I never That's realized it. that. The cigar is so funny, but the the I didn't notice the Rasta hat. That's hilarious. I want to know how many, if any, of the the mobsters are mobsters versus actors. I was assuming they were all actors. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is. There, there are no. I think they're all uh, gang members. Oh, and Lucifer just called in some favors. Yeah, yeah, he just paid them. He paid. He made. Uh, he paid over five million dollars to make this happen. He just paid like paid and seventy two cents it. or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's um. When you were watching it, did you figure something out? Like something was off. Like at a certain point. Yeah, I assumed for a while. I was thinking, oh God, Dan's in hell, mm-hmm. right? Be- because we've seen these episodes before where it's like we're in somebody's hell. Um. So for a while I thought that, and then I thought, well, it has to be some kind of a nightmare or anxiety dream. Or they're going to undo it somehow. Yes. And then I thought, oh, well, maybe it's, maybe this is like Trixie making up a story about her dad. I assumed that it was fictional somehow. I did not think that it was going to end up being real for Dan. I assumed the entire narrative was fictional. Um, 
so yeah, what I mean, I, I was totally fooled. Marcus says the improv troupe in the desert was def- that definitely seemed out of place. Well, because like I'll give them that. I'll give like I'll give an episode like one thing like that that could happen, especially a show you know with this kind of tone. Um, but then when it keeps happening, like like the and like the when he gets injected with the thing, I was like, okay, well that's nothing. He hasn't actually been injected with anything. Like like there's certain you know things where they just felt like flags, but I definitely did not put it all all together. Um, and uh, I mean, of course, Lucifer is five million dollars petty. <laughs> Yeah, um, I thought originally, too, it was possibly Dantel Loop because Mike Costa, who wrote this, he also wrote off the record the original oh. Hell Loop episode. So I'm like, you bastard, you did it again. But then I like figured something was off. Like other than like, obviously, Luis is like can't be trusted. Like that's obvious from the beginning. Um, when um, Lucifer brings up that he can't be around the Russians because they have history. I'm like, no, your history with the Russians is the same history Dan and Mays have. You just weren't part of the killing a guy. So I'm like, wait, what's up with that? Um, then on rewatch, like uh, it's it's even sooner you can tell because when um, Dan goes to see Lucifer, Lucifer's just playing a classical piece that's basically like, I'm not doing anything shady. Da, 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 da. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to watch this one again. I really can't. Um... That, was that was that Turkish March? He was playing a really standard. I think it was. I feel like it was Tur- Turkish March. But one of my kids is playing that on a recital tomorrow, so I, it might just be in my head from that. I definitely reckon it's like a really standard classical. It's like this is not. Yeah, it's not what this you is like the like- Lucifer equivalent of like whistling nonchalantly. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah. So it's fun. Um, I like to believe they're also all mobsters. I love the the Russian mob boss getting like really into acting. Oh, He's yeah. like, I'm just gonna play it up very big. Stoned. <laughs> it's I very Sopranos energy, right? Like mobsters all want to be actors and stuff, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was assuming though that the um I was assuming that the Russians were mobsters, but that the Luis and his crew were not, and that the bike shop, like like the prisoner, they're they're actually like that. That somehow they had gotten wires crossed so that someone else would come down to the actual prisoner transfer was at that night and that the, you know, starting the next day she was a plant, you know? Yeah. That's, that's sort of what I was figuring for that. Um, because, because Lucifer doesn't actually want Dan doing anything illegal. <laughs> yeah. So, cause that would just complicate things. I would add too many variables mm-hmm. for his assumptions and his math and everything. Um, but I definitely thought that the Russians were actual mobsters i i like this but I, I, like it's only one scene but i do feel like i need to underline how much i enjoyed dr linda hi dan 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 <laughs> who is dan and, who is and how quickly like and the fact and like I, and i can just imagine the 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 russian mobster being like oh this is my moment i'm gonna yes and it <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like uh, um and, and then and then how quickly she you know He's like, punch me. And she like, she just like goes with it and then comes back and throws. I just, again, I can imagine. Did. This is for what you did to me. <laughs> I'm going to keep it vague, but I'm still going to throw a drink. See, everyone wants to act even when they're not an actor. So that's what tells me. Yes, those were criminals, but they really wanted to act. <laughs> I think I like that even more. Well, and obviously Luis couldn't have been a criminal since they had worked cases together. But I mean, he's like. A corrupt cop. Yes. Like, but like, but... I'm sorry, couldn't be an actor is what I mean. Like, oh, he couldn't, yes. yeah, he couldn't have been an actor because they have, they have history like Lucifer and the Russians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, well, any other moments that we want to make sure to mention? I want to briefly talk about Ella's book, just briefly, mm-hmm. uh, because <laughs> I want to read it. I want her to finish it. Uh, and then I want it to be picked up by Rebecca Silver's publishing company uh, so that they can be published together. And I mean this sincerely. I have read Murder, She Wrote novels by Jessica Fletcher. I would read Ella's book. I would read a Rebecca Silver novel. Do not leave the money on the table. DC book get us the books and get us the Bebo merch I mean I want to talk about uh, both Dan's can't we all just get a long speech and then the bloodbath that followed yeah I was so horrified that part I absolutely bought I think it's because I was so ready to believe that the that Lucifer would somehow be willing to put the improv people in danger Uh, and that improv people would 100% get themselves killed in this situation. (laughs) Um, So I was so horrified, but it wasn't until Maze took a bullet that I was like, this can't, okay, this can't possibly be real. I laughed so hard when the bullet started flying. I'm like, this is what's happening. Like, is this a hello? Did he really like just die in the, like a blaze of bullets at this point? And it's um, so, so ridiculous. Or did, like, Lucifer decide that what he needs is to actually, like, experience a hello so that he knows that it'll be fine and he can handle it, you know? <laughs> Somehow, like, he, I'm helping. <laughs> Maybe he was saving Dan's hell loop from being totally terrible by making sure there's a party at the end of it. So every loop that Dan goes through, he gets to listen to I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas <laughs> in his nice suit. He really did look good. Yeah, it's, it's funny because when he comes out with this, I'm like, Alejandro looks good. But when he goes downstairs and Luxie's giving the speech, I'm like, he looks like a child in a, in a suit he has to wear for his birthday party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks so ridiculous. I'm like, how do you go from looking dapper to ridiculous in like the same suit? Physicality and tweaks to the fit from the costume department. Yep. That's how. Uh, Marcus had to step out, but he adds that the scene is even better on rewatch. So that's good. Good to hear. Encouraging. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts? This episode ruled. Kate's wrong. Yeah, it's I'm going to okay. judge her. I, I have no problem being a judge. Uh, <laughs> I fine. I loved this episode, and I also love every time I get to listen to an episode of Fuck Your Favorites with Kate Kalsik. So this was <laughs> nothing but wins for me. She breaks my heart every time. <laughs> All upside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm much more willing to give you guys this one than, say, Ping Pong Girl. So, like... You're, like, you're so <laughs> wrong about Ping Pong you're Girl. You're so wrong about Ping Pong Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think uh, unless there's anything else, uh, well, oh, the other, the last little touch of your favorites that Kate calls like is while I would read it, um, I do feel like I'm writing a book as a quirk too far for Ella, and especially after she has been more grounded this season and and looking like they're headed to some more interesting stuff with her, I was actually disappointed that they're going with such a like a straightforward quirk for this kind of a show, and hopefully it gets explored more and actually there's some follow through to it somehow it doesn't have to she doesn't actually have to publish it but like as opposed to a thing that they just never mention again um so that's been another little dash of your favorites did they say whether or not ella was in on it she didn't get listed as one she of the people who wasn't it, no. she, was she was not, not in on it okay so the book is real the book is real okay every basically everybody who's at the cast party um was in on it and everybody else was not even the dog, the dog, when that, when the dog was 
drinking out of a bowl at the bar. That was the second time where I was like, oh God, no, this isn't real. This, is, this isn't real and Dan is dead. This is a hell loop. There was a dog sitting at a bar and I'm just so relieved <laughs> that it's just that they included the dog in the party. Yeah, I, I, I like that they like, you know, like rubbed a dog treat or something <clears throat> on his pants or something to, to make that happen, which, you know, I can't absolutely believe that happening. So, um, well, good. I'm glad you guys liked it. Yay. I hope I like the next one. I'm sure I will. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, Latoya, what is our next episode? Uh, our next episode is called A Little Harmless Stalking. Okay, that's fun. Um, who's going to be stalking? Who is stalking whom? Um, Maze is stalking, uh, God or someone to try to get more information about her whole growing a soul thing. Uh, because I can absolutely see her saying and Leslie Ann Brandt saying it's just a little harmless stalking um <laughs> and uh she's trying to get more like information or whatever so I, I'm gonna say that that is referring to Maze I'm also gonna say Maze is the one doing the stalking but I think how many do we have left there's 16 total okay um then I'm gonna guess that that maybe it's well so my guess is that Maze is stalking an ex for someone like facebook stalking but in real life so actually um, stalking a, so a, a little harmless stalking <laughs> um uh and i'm going to guess that that maybe it's ella or i would say it's linda but i feel like we've gotten our linda ex story mm-hmm. um but one of one of them. Or maybe Chloe. An ex. Maze is stalking an ex. That is my guess. The other thing I'll say is I feel like um, as much as I am not looking for him to pop back up yet, I feel like it's get, it's time for Michael to something. I feel like it's... Don't put that energy th- into the world. <laughs> this episode or the episode after. Or we get the Blue Ball sequel and uh, where he, we are Cherry Jane again. Oh, oh God. He's stalking <laughs> Chloe. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, then we can just, you know, well, I would say we could unleash Maze on him, except that Maze might not want to jeopardize her, her, you know, her new baby soul or, you know, burgeoning soul. And that would just be a shame. Bowl. Bowl. (laughs) 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 Well, (laughs) on that strange note, uh, thank you, Latoya, for joining us. Uh, Thank you, uh, Marcus, for hanging out in the chat. And thank everyone for listening. We're going to be back next week with a little harmless stalking. Bye. Bye.